Hallelujah. How many are redeemed? It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. Welcome you today. So glad that you're here. Hallelujah. How many are ready for, to go deeper? Amen. How many are ready to go deeper? Hallelujah. Today we want to speak about first aid to relationships. And since we have the covenant meal, I want to go into the covenant of marriage. And I believe it's going to encourage you and bless you. And it's going to bless the singles. It's going to bless the married couples. But also, it's going to be an awakening and a revelation from the heart of God. I just felt his heart in this message this week. That you're going to get a revelation of the vows, the covenant that you made. And those who are not ready, I got some good news for you. You're going to get ready to make some covenant, a covenant, and it's going to mean a whole lot to you. So I want to start off here in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep. I want you to see those two words that they're underlined for you. Write this down, to tend and to keep. And I want to speak to you just for a few moments. This speaks of the responsibility and the authority that God gave to man. The responsibility and the authority that God gave to man. He made man first. And so there's some things here we want to see. And this word to keep, if you take taking notes, it means to guard as a shepherd guards its flock or a priest guards its home. You're both the shepherd and the priest of your home. And it means to keep. It means to guard. It means to keep safe and it means to keep close. That word keep means to persevere, to protect, to continue protecting and never stop protecting. It means to watch and observe the covenant. Watch and observe the covenant. It means to give special attention to the covenant. It means to be hiding in order to ambush. This word is used that when they were cast out of the garden, that the angels was put to keep anyone from going in the garden. And it said that it was to keep. This word keep is used throughout the word of God. One of the things, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The word keep in the original Hebrew means to have and to hold. If you look it up in the original Greek, it means to have and to hold. If you want to do an awesome study, you look up this word keep in both the Hebrew and the Greek in the Vines Concordance as well as Lexicon and Strong's and you will see that this word is powerful and tremendous. I want us to get a revelation. God the Father wants us to get a revelation going back into the tradition of what we do in marriage. Even when we get married many times, we don't realize how much of it came from the Father's heart. And this word keep means to have and to hold. How many of you remember when you got married, you vowed to that person to have and to hold. That is the word responsibility and authority that God gave to Adam. Now, there's something very unique. This word is used many times, but there's something very unique. How many of you remember when God spoke to Cain and asked him where his brother was? What did he say? He says, am I my brother's keeper? Now, I want to read to you. I don't have it on PowerPoint because God just gave it to me this morning. But it says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 5, this is the living Bible. But he did not accept Cain and his gift, and that made Cain very angry. And listen to what he told him in, in verse 7. You will be accepted if you do what is right. You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching. Devil is as a lion. Sin is crouching at the door eager to control you, but you 
must subdue it and be its master. That is good. God was warning Cain. Sin is crouching at the door. The temptation because of the rejection to attack and kill your brother is crouching out the door. But you have to attack it and master it before it does. How many of you know Cain did not do that? But there's a point here I want to keep. I want to share with you about the word keep. Adam did not keep his wife as Cain did not keep his brother. That word keep there means Denial, for to not keep it means, listen to this now, denial of the responsibility given to one by God. He denied the responsibility to be his brother's keeper as Adam, not through deeds, but through being passive. By being passive, and I'm going to prove that to you because this is the point God wants me to really get on today. By being passive alongside of his wife before the enemy... Instead of mastering and subduing the enemy as he was told to do in the garden where God put him, he just stood there passively and allowed his wife to be controlled and convinced by the enemy. He did not keep his wife, therefore he did not keep the blessing and their curse came in. And now we see that Cain attacked his brother. He did not keep the importance of the relationship. I've shared with you over the last two, three weeks now the importance of the relationship. And God gives us much scripture upon that to show us that because it's covenant words. And I want you to see something here. In Genesis 2, verse 18, then the Lord said, it is not good for a man to be alone. How many amens can I hear? Okay, this is our third week. Come on. How many amens can I hear? It's not good. Okay, good. Somebody's whistling. I'm glad to hear that. Come on. Everybody can whistle. Whistle real loud. All right. Man, Brother Joe ought to be playing the shofar right now. I mean, it is not good. If you want to be alone, that's one thing. But I don't want to be alone. It is not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper. Now, look at this. Look at this. This is underlined. Who is just right for him. Singles, you need to write this down because I'm going to give it to you again. God said it twice. Just right for him. Now, look at this. Let me give it to you again. Then he goes on to say, so the Lord God formed from the ground, I'll touch that in a minute, all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. And he gave names to the livestock, all the birds of the sky and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper. What does it say? Just right for him. Now listen, if you're single, you need to write down this scripture. I thank you, Father, for bringing me the right man that is just right for me. If you're a single woman, that's what you pray, not if you're a man. And if you're a single man, you need to pray, I thank you for the right woman for me. I want to share something with you, ladies. Men too, don't go Judas. In other words, don't betray Jesus by just settling for someone who is not right for you and you say how can I betray Jesus Jesus is inside of you when you give your body your future your life to someone else besides one that you are covenant to you're selling yourself short and you are betraying yourself and the Jesus inside of you God made a woman perfectly for Adam just like he has. A lot of people tell me, well, Pastor, I don't believe in that soulmate stuff. God does. 
just right for him. Just right for her. So many people say, there's just not somebody out there. Oh, God knows how to bring the right one for you to you. You don't have to go shopping and try a bunch of them out. I shared with you last week in the Song of Solomon, he's got to gain your trust before you share your story. And it says that he was just right for her. The, another translation says she was a suitable helper. Just right for her. Now, how many times have I heard people say, they love the Lord, especially young ladies. Many times they love the Lord. They want to serve the Lord. But because of this young man is a temptation and this and the other, you start hearing them say, slowly start hearing them say, you know, I just don't think I need church anymore. You're betraying the Jesus inside of you. You're betraying the princess inside of you. And young men, you don't have to betray the man of God that's inside of you, the seed of Jesus inside of you. Don't betray Jesus and don't betray yourself. Don't go Judas. Look at your neighbor and say, don't go Judas. Now, I want you to see something here. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 21 and 25, it says, The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. Now, I want to tell you something about ribs right quick. They're good. <laughs> Let me share something about the rib. The rib protects the heart, the seat of the emotions. You wonder why your wife goes berserk? She's emotional. But I want to show you something special here. Ladies, you'll get an understanding of us men. God made men from the same material he made all the animals. All of us men were made from the dirt where he made the monkeys and the birds and the elephants and the dogs and the cats. He made all the animals from dirt. And then he made men from the same material he made the animals. So you wonder why we're not animal-like. But he took something different. Something unique to make you ladies. He didn't make you out of dirt. He made you out of something special that he took out of man to make the woman just right for him. Now, man, let me share this with you. He took it out of man to make the just right woman. There's something in every husband that needs to come out to shape the just right woman. Woman came out of you, and the woman you desire and God desires, you as the man with the responsibility and the authority of a covenant, there's more to come out of you to continue shaping her mind, her thoughts, her emotions, her will, her dreams. There's something in you. God gave her you and you made covenant to continue pouring yourself into her and to make her. The rib protects the heart, the seat of the emotions. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. Ladies are more important, more emotional. And listen to me. Listen, ladies, 
Don't ever think you are common because you are made of something a better quality than we were. I think some of us, there's one, okay, there's one right there. I think some of us were made out of yellow snow. (laughs) But we were all made in the image of God no matter what dirt we came from. But this is the thing, I want to share this with you. If you are not shaping and something coming out of you to put into her, Oprah, Cosmo, Dr. Phil, and all these other people, you wonder why there's changes going on? Who is helping shape and mold her? Who's counseling her? Psalms 1-1 talks about, be careful about the counsel of the scornful and the ungodly. Men, our responsibility, as we're going to see a car in the heart of God, and you're going to see something very strongly here today, is you don't like who your wife is, then you shape her by faith. Because she is, shape, she is clay. And you may say she's a wildcat. Well, she's a wildcat, but you can declaw a wildcat through shaping her through the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. He took the rib and he brought it to her and he goes on to say, at last the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman. Now pay attention to this because this is the first name he gave her. She will be called woman because she was taking, taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother. Who wouldn't leave his father and mother and join to his wife? And the two are united into one. And the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. This means in the Hebrew, they had continuous intimacy sexually without being ashamed. And one of the things I'm going to show you later on in the Song of Solomon is that it's, it, people say it's the friends who looked on, but it's, the truth is that at the honeymoon, God was looking on and he was pleased. Now, after tonight, you're going to turn the light off because you know now that God is looking on. But the thing about it is, is that when it's done in holiness and purity, God is so pleased at the workmanship of his creation. He didn't create that just for you to conceive. He created that for each one of you to come together, body, mind, and spirit. And that's one of the things I want to show you here. The word bone of my bone is the Hebrew word for wife. And he was saying, you are the same as I am. And the word flesh speaks of the soulish realm while the bone speaks of the physical realm. You are mine, soul, and body. You are mine in the area of your soul, which is your emotions, your intellect, your feelings, and your mind also in the area of body. I'll reconfirm this later on in the book of Solomon, where Solomon, and you may wonder about this. In the Song of Solomon, he says, you are my sister and my bride. Now, I know there's some people around here that could probably say that, but, but we're not going there. This is what my sister and my bride means. You are mine soulishly. And I'm responsible over you spiritually. Spirit, soul, and body. How many of you know that when you make a covenant, you didn't always hear that, but that is what God is saying there. Now, I want to I show you something here. Write this down. And he brought her 
to the man. This is where we get the, the, uh, the, the father walking the bride down. The, tra- the tra- uh, tradition of w- the father walking the bride down comes all the way from God walking even. One translation says he presented her to Adam. God presented her to Adam. Men, I want to tell you something. Ladies, listen. When you get married, maybe you don't have your father. But whether you have your father, your stepfather, or maybe you don't have anyone. Men, God is presenting you his daughter. And when the preacher says, who gives this bride away in marriage? Not only do the, parent or the father say, her mother and I do, but God is in heaven saying, we do. I'm presenting you your wife. I'm presenting you the one to become one with you, the just one. Just as God brought her to Adam, God brings us our wives for us to become one with and have a covenant with and cherish. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. The word bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, Proverbs 18.22. I, I didn't give you the PowerPoints, but Proverbs 18.22 in the message says, Find a good spouse and find a good life. Find a good spouse and find a good life. Now, if you're miserable, you found a miserable spouse. That's not there. I mean, that's not my fault. If you want to be happy, young people, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, you find a good spouse, you'll find a good life. And it goes on to say, and even more, you'll find the favor of God. Why? Because you waited for just the right one. You didn't write for the right ones. You waited for the right one. And let me tell you a little bit more about tradition here. Not only does it come from bone of my bone means to have and to hold. Not only does God walk the daughter down the aisle. But the way they used to do it is many times I have people tell me when we're practicing... Why do I have to get on the left side of her to get married? You know, it don't make any difference. It does because all the way from Deuteronomy, the man would stand on the left side of her because his right hand had to be ready to draw swords. When he was be on the left hand, his right hand was ready to go braveheart on her. And the groomsmen had their hands ready that when they would say, does anyone here come or not in agreement with this marriage? You could hear the sword. Come on, speak up, buddy. Speak up, buddy. The right hand had to be free for the sword. But when the, the minister would present them to the congregation, they then joined right hands, and the witnesses were responsible to cover them by the sword. We are one group. And then they would go into the honeymoon suite. And they would lay out a white sheet. They would consummate the marriage. And then they would put this sheet with blood on it out of the window. And seven days of partying would start. And the bride was not allowed to come out of her room for seven days. And they would be celebrating. Can you imagine all the village out your window to, 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 erase, to put that little sheet up? I thought, boy, that would make a good building fund money 
I was thinking if it was today, I would get some Japanese flags. You know, they're white with the red. And I would go around and I would go, hey, I've got some for sale. If it ain't going to, if there ain't no proof, I'm, I'll sell you something to prove. But can you imagine the embarrassment when there was no cloth took out? You see, it's accepted today. Nobody's a virgin anymore. Let me tell you something. Young people, listen to me. Older people, I ain't going to go there. Young people, listen to me. Don't betray yourself. When you get married, let the people at school put peer, peer pressure on you and let them tease you all they want to. But let me tell you something. When your mate receives the gift of your purity, you never live a life asking, who had you before me? Who took your virginity? How many have you had? You don't have to live with those type of questions because when you receive that gift, that's my gift. And nobody else had it before me. And that's God's way of a strong relationship. Now, you may be here today, and you may be saying it's too late. It's never too late with the working power of Jesus Christ. He is able to forgive and he is able to give you back your purity. He is able to give you back your purity today, but the warning is don't give it away until you're given to the right one and there's a covenant. It's not like the world says where it's just something to play with. It's something very, very precious in the sight of God and in your sight. And they would prove that our relationship is built upon us keeping the commandments of God. Because if you go study the word of God from Genesis to Revelation, the blessings of God for those who keep, same Hebrew word, if you keep the commandments, you'll keep your marriage. You keep the commandments, you'll keep the favor of God. And so the Lord is teaching us all these things, and he brought her to him. And then verse 23 here, I love this. At last. And as I saw that, I remembered a song. And so I listened to this song, and I want to dedicate this to all the silver and gold uh, uh, anniversary people, met couples today. There's a song that reminded me, and when I listened to the words, I thought, you know what? This had to be Adam's song. Now listen to this. Adam was a guitar How many of you know chicks love musicians? This, in the original Hebrew, according to tradition, I'm talking a lot of tradition here, according to Hebrew, Adam sang this. Adam sung this song to Eve and God when God brought her. And so, here goes the song. Listen to the words. I want you to listen to these words. They're powerful. I believe this is how Adam felt in his heart. Listen to this, listen to this. My love, my lonely, has come along. my love has come along. My love has come along. Eve. You hear? My lonely days are over. My lonely days. No more horses and all that other stuff. And life is like a song. And life is like a song. Hey, is this good? Oh, this is good. Yeah, yeah. Listen to this. 
skies above the blue. Ooh, look at that sky. My heart was wrapped up in clover. Found a dream that I could speak to. That I could speak to a dream that I can call my own. Can call my own. I found a thrill. I found a thrill to press my cheek to a thrill that I. You heard those words? Those were Adam's words, I believe. At last. At last. Well, that Etta James, God bless her. Mm. I believe he sang that. Maybe not exactly, but as you can tell, it was close enough. And I want to thank y'all, before I continue, I want to thank y'all for letting me be me and use my imagination because I believe in having fun and I've been thinking all week a lot of preachers wouldn't get wouldn't be able to go through this but y'all let me and I don't, I don't know anybody's using that of James this morning Sunday morning after communion but when I read that I said ooh I got that CD, iPod, and record, and everything else. I know who said that. And so he saw his dream had finally come along. You're married. You're excited. Your dream has finally come along. And the serpent, he hates marriage. Isn't it something that the first time he appears is after a wedding? But when Jesus first appeared with a miracle, was at a wedding. The devil came to destroy. Jesus came to restore. And he came to a wedding and he performed a miracle. But the enemy came and he came after the wife and tried to speak in all this stuff. He hates marriage. Uh, he hates family. He wanted the throne of, listen to this, he wanted, isn't it something that the first thing the devil wanted was the throne of God, the second thing the devil wanted was marriage covenant. What did God do with the first thing? He threw him out. What was Adam supposed to do with the second attack? He was supposed to throw him out. Goes on to say, 
Of course, we may not eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. You know the story. The woman replied, it was only the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that we were not allowed to eat. But God said, you must not eat of it or even, or even touch it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent, the devil replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it and she gave some to her husband. Look what it says here. Who was with her? He was right alongside of her. We would not have the mess and the curse we'd have today if he would have kept the garden and kept his wife. But I want to talk to you about what I feel God wants to show me, wants to show us in this area. He was passive and not responsible. He was passive and he didn't use his authority. Keepers must be responsible and must be Bold as a lion and not passive. Amen. How many times you see, you know, like at food courts and different things like that, you'll see the wife with a baby on her hip, a diaper bag in this hand, and two, uh, two raging kids running around in front, and the daddy's sitting there. Hurry up, my order! Just sitting there and just being passive instead of being a participant. And I looked up the word passive in the dictionary Listen to this. Accepting or allowing what happens or what others do without active response or resistance. That's exactly what Adam did on the side of Eve. Who was with her? Accepting and allowing what happened or what others do without active response or resistance. Passivity. I want to tell you this morning that if there's anything the devil will try to use, one of the things he will try to use to break your marriage up, it will be for someone to be passive. How many of you know Jesus was never passive? It says that the devil talked so long the woman became convinced. Men, we got to nick it in the bud the moment it rises up. We got to pray, we got to fast, and we got to be aggressive. The opposite of being passive is to be aggressive. And sometimes you got to be aggressive in the spirit and say, devil, he should have grabbed the devil's neck and said, you're not going to do this. In fact, I want to show you an example. I am with of how Adam should have been. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Right? Against that? No! We will run! We will run. And we will There's win. Adam. Pass. We'll run. Fight and you may die. Run. And you'll live, at least a while. And dying in your beds, many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, 
to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! They'll never take our freedom. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true Emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. And I will have my vengeance. In this life or the next. You see that little sissy face right there? I, I put it there on purpose. You see that little sissy face? That's exactly how Satan would have looked if Adam would have spoke up instead of just standing there eating his apple. Satan is under your feet. And when we're passive, he is going to do his harm and he's going to attack and he's going to do whatever he can. And it's been too long, men. We let the wives be the spiritual ones. They do the praying, they do the fasting, they do the reading, and then we just let them do that and we just hang on their curtails and we'll see where it takes us. Or we'll let them handle the finances and the checkbooks and everything and then complain because it's not done right. Or we won't pray at the dinner table, or we won't go to church with them for those watching by internet. And we're passive, where if Adam would have been more like the gladiator in Braveheart and said, Satan, you're not, you don't have permission to talk to my wife, I'll wring your neck. You don't have right to tell my wife she's ugly. You don't have right to tell my wife she's going to die of cancer. You don't have right to tell my wife that she's not going to live long. You don't have right to tell my wife she's a loser. You don't have a right to tell my wife she's not loved. You don't have a right to tell her she's not going to make it. You don't have any right to speak to her. I am her covering. I am her head. And I'm going to go brave heart on you. I'm going to go brave heart on you. See, I learned this back in 1990. My wife was under constant attack in her liver. About 2 or 3 in the morning, she woke me up. She says, honey, pray for me. I'm under attack. So I laid my hand on her. I said, Father, I ask you to heal her. She threw my hand off. She said, if you can't pray, make, make the devil leave me, then don't pray for me. I learned a lesson. I stood up in bed. I put one leg over her. I grabbed her by her shoulders. And I said, devil, you and I are going to war. And I fought for my woman. And God healed her in 1990, 1991. She's never had another liver attack. Listen, men, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a minister. You are a son of the Most High God. You received her. It's not to be passive. You got a responsibility. And when you got married, you were given the authority from God, just like he gave Adam, to keep the serpent out of your garden and watch God be glorified by what God wants to do in your life. Men, we've got to get more like that, not when we go hunting, not when we're with our buddies, but in our house. That when we see the devil is trying to come in like a flood, there's going to be a standard raised up. If I've got to fast, I've got to pray, I've got to shout, I've got to act like I've never acted before. The devil is not going to have my marriage. He's not going to have my wife. He's not going to have my children. He's not going to have my house. I've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. Amen, church. Come on, you ought to be more excited than that. 
Come on. Take. Take your responsibility. Pray over your wife. Bless her. Pray over your children. Bless them. Wives, pray over your husbands. Honor them. And I'll show you as we get ready to end here the importance of honoring. Now watch this. What is 2 Corinthians 2.11? How does it start? Come on. Shout it out. It's underlined. Where do we see this word? Genesis chapter 2. Keep who? There it is in the New Testament right there. To keep Satan from getting the advantage over us. For we are not ignorant of his walls and intentions. I see you, devil. I see you trying to upset the relationship God gave us. I see you trying to come in there and bring division and strife. I am not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to fight back. I'm going to bind it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ephesians 4.27 says what? Don't give place to the devil. Keep him out. 1 Peter 5.89, be sober. Be awake. Be watchful. That's that word keep. That's that word keep. Because your adversary, the devil, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking your wife, your children, your husband, your marriage, your future that he may devour. Verse 9, what does it say? Resist him. Did you see in their eyes the boldness, the courage, the confidence? He told the little sissy who he was. You tell Satan who you are. He says, who are you to tell me to get out of your house? I am a son redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, given the name above all names. And I command you in the authority of the name of Jesus. I don't need the preacher or somebody to come in here with holy water or anything else. I've got the name and the blood and the sword. And I command you and I adjure thee by the name of Jesus Christ. Get out. Get out. Look what it goes on to say. James 4, 7. What does it say? Don't you buy into the lie. If, you ignore, if I just ignored the devil, maybe the devil will go. Listen, Adam and Eve were just living their life, and Satan popped up. Job was living a life pleasing to God, and Satan popped up. Don't you believe that lie? Well, you know, if I don't, you know, things seem to go better for me if I don't go to church so much. Because if I go to church a lot, it makes the devil mad. So I think I'll just go to church once in a while because I don't want to make the devil mad. Because what happens if the devil gets mad at me? And if I start raising my hands in church and singing and getting excited about God, the devil always comes after me. If I leave the devil alone, maybe he'll leave me alone. That is a lie from the pits of hell, brother. He is your adversary. He's your enemy. And he's out to steal, kill, and destroy even you. Your very babies. It says resist them. How do I become brave heart for God? Deuteronomy 6.5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength. Philippians 3.12 through 14. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. That's where you can get passive. Well, you know, I'm just not there, pastor. So what you're going to do? Give up and quit? I haven't already attained, or am I already perfected? Well, you know, ain't nobody perfect. So, you know, I just may as well, you know, I mean, I'm just me. But look what Paul the gladiator said. 
but I press on. I'm not going to get passive just because I haven't attained. I'm not going to get passive just because I'm not perfect. I'm going to press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I'm not going to use it as a lame excuse. That, well, you know, I'm just not that much of a Bible thumper. Well, you know, I'm just not that much of a Christian. Well, you know, I'm just, you know, I just don't see any sense in beings like so many other people. Look, you just get gladiator for God and you get gladiator against the devil. And I tell you, you'll, you'll, you'll have some battles. But guess what? The reason you got battles is to show you're alive and you're doing something for the king. And if you just go ahead and fight the enemy and he comes against you, it's just going to be more testimonies that you were able to do things you never thought you'd be doing. Your wife, I hear you doing things she never heard you do, heard, heard you say. She see a different side of you because there's a soldier and it's the spirit of God you may say but I have a dead marriage well that's why the Bible says that if Christ was able to be raised from the dead your marriage is able to be raised from the dead it says brethren I do not count myself to have apprehended so I'm not giving up but one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind you and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press. Somebody say, I press. I press. I'm not going to get passive. I'm not going to be like Adam and say, well, my wife, you know, she's faithful to church, and, you know, I'll go Easter and Christmas, and that's enough. Or I'll just be passive, and, you know, I'll just, you know, wait for this or watch for this. Or, or you know, I don't see why we got to do so much on discipline. I don't see why we got to go to church. I don't see why we got to pay our tithes. And all they want to do is talk about money, and all they want to do is talk about this. You know, I just don't think I'm going to go to church today. After all, I can stay home and watch it on computer. Why do I have to get dressed and get up early in the morning and leave my house where I could drink a cup of coffee, quit a robe on, and just watch it by the computer? Oh, that church is just making it so easy for me to be passive and be passive, and here comes the devil, and you wonder why. Passivity. I mean, no, we got it. Passive means not active, lacking the energy, indifferent, don't care. Don't feel up to it. No resistance. Bound and none responsive. How many know it's time to get, you say, what can I get aggressive against? How about according to Paul, the flesh? How, how can I get aggressive against my wife? I'm not preaching to you to get aggressive against your wife. That don't work. <laughs> get aggressive against your wife don't work. Get aggressive against your flesh does. Get aggressive against demonic spirits. And controlling what's on TV does. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We're principalities and powers and wicked spirits in high places. For my determined purpose. You hear Paul here, my determined purpose. All that I go through, my determined purpose is that I may know him. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. That I may know in that same way and come to know the power of overflowing from his resurrection even in my marriage. Even in my home. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Do you know that word Paul said when he said I buffet my body? Do you mean, know that that word means the word keep in Greek? It means I keep my body. Now, here was the prophecy about Jesus where God said, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And it talked about Jesus raising from the dead. But I want to finish with this. It's time to finish. Let me show you this. Then the man, say with me, then. Now, now don't go home yet. Don't go to McDonald's yet. Stay with me. Just This is so important because it'll tie into all the other teachings I've told you. Watch this. Then the man, Adam, 
named his wife Eve. Hey, he already called her woman. He already named her. Woman, you came out of me. But now they fail. Now they've got the curse. And he says, I name you Eve. You know what the word Eve means? Life. We were told we would die if we would disobey. But instead of us dying, a lamb was sacrificially killed for us. I name you Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. Let me share something about that word mother. That word mother is a word for honor and rank. How many remember reading about Deborah, the mother of Israel? It's not just a mama. It's a queen. You know what Adam did here? Just a few verses over. Just a few minutes before. You know what Adam was doing? God, it's the woman you gave me. Shifting the blame. It's the woman you gave me. You know what he's doing here? He's honoring his wife. Because he's the one who messed up. He didn't kick the devil out. And he honored his wife. And then look at this. And then the Lord God... And then the Lord God made clothing from the animal skins for Adam and his wife. What does all this mean? After Adam fixed his relationship, God sacrificed an innocent victim on behalf of them that they would not die, but they would live. And then he took the skins from that animal and he covered them so that they could walk in a form of redemption. And they would not die under the curse, but they would be covered by the blood of an innocent lamb that was killed in their stead. So in other words, it's like I've told you the last two, three weeks. If a man does not treat his wife right, his prayers are kicked out of heaven. Before God... Before God could cover them, Adam had to get it right with his wife. Is, you see it right? There he is. Handwriting on the wall. God didn't cover them, and then he said, honey, God forgave me, so I got to forgive you. We're so blessed. No, 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 no. Look at that. Before God covered them and sacrificed the animal, Adam got it right with Eve, and then God says, now that you did that, I can release the covering of the blood and the covering of my life. Do you see this, church? We're so quick. The woman you gave me, the man you gave me, the devil made me do it. It's everybody's fault. And when do, where's the blessings of God? Where's the fruit of it all? And walking with the God this week, and he brought me back. I said, God, everybody's heard about Adam and Eve. He says, I want to tell it my point of view. That before you think you can get it right with me, you better get it right with her. And he honored his wife, and God honored them. I haven't heard this. I wasn't taught this. Every week it was faith or something else. And it, that's all good. But I know so many that their marriages were failing. And their ministries failed. Because you can preach all of the word. But if this is not right. And I don't go all brave heart and gladiator. At last. 
if I don't say no to the devil, he doesn't say yes to me. There's a covering there. So I just ask you, just, let's just bow our heads. And I want you, let's all of us pray this prayer because we're all guilty of it. Heavenly Father, forgive us for the sin of being passive. And I call upon you to give me strength to overcome every aspect of passivity in my life. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me in your blood. I thank you that your blood cleanses me from all sin now. I purpose in Christ to be aggressive in my love for God, in the crucifixion of my flesh, in my death to self, and my resistance to demonic powers. You, Lord Jesus, have given me life, and I give my life to you. My heart's desire is to glorify you in Jesus' name. Now, heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. I want you to say this with me like Gladiator and Braveheart would. I want you to say it like Jesus does. Say it with authority. Say, Satan, you have no place or power over me or in me. I command in the name of Jesus that the spirit of passivity will leave me now. And I declare the boldness of Jesus Christ alive on the inside of me molding me and making me alive for his glory in Jesus name amen give the Lord praise give him praise give him praise hallelujah hallelujah did you get a little something out of this today I tell you this is covenant. I'll never do another wedding the same. And you won't get married the same. There's going to be an anointing. And your marriage is going to go another level. And your happiness is going to go higher. Because he's going to complete you. Because we're going to do it his way. Amen. One more time. You just bow your head and close your eyes. Singles, don't forget to pray for that just right one for you. Continue to believe God and don't be heartbroken of the loneliness you feel. In his time, he'll bring that right one. Don't give up. But right now, you'll never be fixed. You'll never get out and overcome life, sin, and destruction without receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. The, re- the reason I believe marriage is so important is because that's what's going to happen when we get to heaven. We're going to be presented to Jesus as the bride and he the groom. I believe that's why the devil does his best to try to destroy churches and families on earth. Because it's the closest thing to heaven. If you're here today and you say, Brother Russell, pray for me. I'm stuck in things I don't want to be stuck in. I don't even know if I'm saved. 
I doubt my salvation. I don't even know if I'm forgiven. I want a new beginning. I need life. I need forgiveness. I want to know that I'll, if I die right now, I'll go to heaven. If that's you, would you raise your hand saying, I need salvation. Anybody else? God bless you, my sister. I need to be saved. Anybody else? Maybe you've been saved before, but you want to rededicate your life. Raise your hand real high. God bless you, my little sis. God bless you. Anyone else today? I need to get my life right with God. God bless you there too. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Each and every one so unique. Back there. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Ah, oh, sister, God bless you. Another hand. God bless you. Hands being raised all over this place. I want to get my life right with God. I want to make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb. God bless you. Hands were from all over every area of this building today. Would you come forward and let me pray with you? Everyone who raised their hand, please, don't be ashamed. Come and stand facing me. I want prayer warriors to come behind them quickly because as they come, because they raise their hand, it takes a lot of courage. But there's a determination that I want to change. Come and stand up here today. Even if you've received them before, but you want to get your life right with God, come. I, I, I want brothers and sisters behind every brother and sister. Come, 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 come. Yes, come right here, my brother. Come right here. Bless you, Lord. God bless you, little sweetie. Come, 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 come. Church, pray, pray, pray. There are things happening right here, right now in the presence of God. Pray, pray. Addictions and chains, rejections, hurts, mistakes of the past. It's all washed away by the power of the blood of Jesus. Anyone else, you need prayer. You come right now. You need prayer. You need to come to these altars. You come to these altars. You get on your knees before God. You do what you have to do to get it right. Come, come. Anyone else? Anyone else? Christians, be praying. Be praying. Areas of their life, their heart. Anyone else? You want to come up today? Get your life right with God. Anyone else? I need you, Jesus. Come and accept the covering of Jesus Christ, his life, our lamb that was laid down for you. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? Oh, wonderful Jesus, wonderful Jesus. I ask you to please remain still as we go into this holy moment with these precious lives that will be changed forever. How he loves you, how he loves you. How he loves you. One more time, anyone else today, don't leave here without getting your life right with Jesus Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, God, for these lives. Thank you for this miracle. Thank you, Lord, for these miracles. If y'all could just look at me for just a moment. God bless you. God bless you for coming up here. Today's a new day. Something's going to change. You can't change it. But you heard today, he can. No matter what it is, where you've been, what you've done, he is able to change it. So would you put your hands upon your heart? The Bible says that when we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth, we were saved. Put your hand upon your heart and allow Jesus to come into you now. Just pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins 
the mistakes and the error of my past. I ask you, Father, to free me and to cover me in your precious blood. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died for me and you were raised again to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father, for writing my name in the book's life, in the Lamb's book of life. And I thank you now. I am saved. I am a new person in Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise. Father, Lord, we praise you. We bless you. We bless you. Blessings. New changes. Transformations. Love, Lord. Transformations. The blessings of God. The blessings. The healing power of Jesus. He's still on you, isn't he? <laughs> God bless you, my little sis. Bless you, my brother. Who is this? Oh, sir, you still in the service? No, but you served in Iraq. Thank you. We're proud of you. God bless you and heal you. Heal you of all your wounds, of all your hurts. Brother Perry, heal you of all the memories and the wounds. Lord, just touch him and bless him now. By the power of your spirit, just come pray. This man, let him pray for you. Bless these young girls. So proud of you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you, sweetheart. Renewed, renewed again. Can we give the Lord another praise? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. A new beginning. Now, if you'll stand, Brother Jake's going to dismiss. We'll be here tonight, 6 o'clock. We love you. We bless you. May your marriage, your home, your life be blessed. And for all the singles, may God bless you with just the right one. Amen. Don't forget Tuesday at 7, we're going to have a meeting about the missions trip. If you're interested, please come to hear more about it. We need to get a count of how many want to go and just make sure we know what we've got, what we're looking at. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful day. God, we thank you for this awesome word, God, that has challenged our lives. Lord, we ask that you would just let it go in deep. Lord, that we would receive whatever it is you have for on every level, every man, woman, child, and, and, and grandparent. Lord, let every person in this room, Lord God, just be uplifted today. And as we go about our separate ways, Lord, just be with each one. Bless them and let your favor follow them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, everybody say amen.